Today is the yard site of Rabbi David Zeller, Alav Hashanah. And this is uh, his nigun, one of his nigunim, one of his most beautiful nigunim. I miss him very, very much. 13 years. sing all the time. He recorded it too. It's, I think it's a Moshe Tinnig and I love it. So I want to sing this Lilui Nishmata. Da 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 da
strong Shavuot, strong Shabbos. It's just a beautiful time with your mishpacha, learning, receiving the Torah again. There should be a lot of, uh, hopefully, hitchatshut, renewal in our cheshek, in our passion for learning, and in our vessels to retain and understand and comprehend and grow from uh, from the learning that, we, that we're privileged to do. So... Um, what we're going to be doing now is going back, Bezrat Hashem, to the Piyasetz Nerebi Sefer Tzaviziruz after taking just a, a, a week off because we were preparing for Shavuot. And um, I think it's best that we just remember a little bit of the context of this wonderful, passionate Sefer. This is a Sefer of diary entries done by the Piyasetz Nerebi between the years 1928 and 1939. They're very raw, they're very unedited to, to an extent. Very uncut, very much pashut mode, like um, what you see is what you get. The Rebbe and the Piyasetz Rebbe in the diary that we're, we've been learning lays it all on the table. There's nothing that the Rebbe is kind of shying away from. And like we've seen in, in previous paragraphs, um, while the Rebbe is talking to Hashem, he, he kind of goes in and out of, of who he's speaking with, who he's speaking to in the diary entries. 
in the piece we're going to be seeing today, this is like a, a, a very strong critique of the lives of, uh, of people who are focused on financial and physical well-being. But while the Rebbe is doing this, he's, he's running towards Hashem in the most powerful way. And on the other hand, he feels a lot of self-doubt and tremendous sense of fear. Because he's honest. He's honest about what he perceives to be his own shortcomings. And that causes him to have a yira, to have a pachad, to be terrified about approaching Hashem in such a way. We've seen something like this in the past as well. There's been some kind of an Indian like this before. You know, basically, like the Rebbe, like what, what I love so much about this Sefer, Bichlal, about the PSS, but about this Sefer, is that the Rebbe is giving space for you and I to have moments where we do feel uh, very clear. But in the moments of clarity and of feeling strong and chazak and passionate and connected, we also have this voice in us that says, how real are we really? Like, like, come on, are we really that real? And they don't contradict each other. You know, sometimes we think like, as long I have to feel completely good and completely holy, and that's the only way I can really speak. Or, I have to be completely connected to that place of depression that I'm feeling, and that's where I'm going to speak from. But the Rebbe shows us that he goes in and out of it, in and out of it. Well, today's, today's piece is Dalit, and we don't have that much left in this in this sefer. This is a pretty short sefer. It's uh this last ot is like um the ot that we're gonna be doing today, it's very hard. It's a very, very difficult piece because of its Hebrew and because of like trying to get the gist of what the Rebbe is saying. But because we're trying to complete the sefer and also because who are we to just jump over stuff when it gets very hard? We're going to go it. We're going to go for it. We're going to do it. But don't let yourself get lost if the Hebrew's not adding up. I'm just going to, Bezrat Hashem, read. We'll learn what it says in a simple translation. And we'll hopefully pick up, you know, exactly what we need, where we need it. All right? So if you have the Sefer, open up to page Shin Samech Aleph, Ot Lamed Dalet. This is how the Rebbe begins. Elohai, my God, Av ve'ohev Yisrael, father and lover of his people, Am Yisrael. Ata hu kol honi. You are my whole hon. Hon means fortune. It can mean treasure too. But you are my fortune. And that's going to be the ikar of what this whole piece is about. Proclaiming that you, Hashem, and you alone are my are my 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 fortune. Ukdushascha kol oshri umeudi, and your holiness is the all of me, and it's the all of my happiness. Hon zulascha ein. Other than you, there's no fortune in the world. Uval biltecha behono nitav, and a person that thinks they have a fortune, but it doesn't involve you, becomes detest in his own fortune. Behono nitav, like to'eva. He becomes an abomination in his own hon, in his, on what he perceives to be valuable. So like we said before, 
this is like th this whole piece is going to be how does how how poor is the rich man who lives without you how poor is the rich man who lives without you lama ze hevel tebalu atem rotfei hevel now he's speaking out to the masses even though again this is a diary entry it's as if he's speaking out to the crowd lama ze hevel tebalu why are you chasing after things that are meaningless? Why do you aspire? Why do you spend your entire life seeking a hon of charsei adama? That's like shards of the earth. And you have simcha over over goren over disgusting and smelly things that belong in the farm. This is just his poetic Hebrew, but it's so passionate. And then he says, Hasiruna, remove 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 what? Remove your your imagination, the fantasy that you have that's connected to your physical state physical well-being im lo lehon pigrei tsfardeim tiruhu he says if you i don't know i i really don't know why he's choosing here to talk about frogs but what the rebbe is saying over here is that a person who's so stuck in the fantasy of of feeling that his uh olam hazeh possessions are his true fortune at a certain point, it's like basically being so sameach, rejoicing in the wealth of dead frogs. Again, I, I don't know why the Rebbe is saying this. Maybe if someone has a, 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 an opinion, you could type it in the chat. Why, does, why is the Rebbe saying that dead frogs? I, I don't know. But uh, it's definitely very interesting. And the Rebbe continues and he says, Um... You have such a, you seek so much that is just it's badui. It's all made up. What you what you're seeking in this world, and sometimes it can be enclosed in holiness, but it's just so it's so made up. What is it really? So what what is it? What's a tel zohem? Means like a polluted tunnel or a mountain that that puts the soul into anguish. That's what all your aspirations are. And what's gonna be Lifnechem Yigale? It's gonna be revealed to you at a certain point in life that the things that you're running after really is giving your soul so much anguish. Now we have those moments in life. And it's really a Rahmanas from Hashem, although it's very painful. When there's this moment of a uh, of uh when you have this awakening of like, oh my god, this is why my soul is, is, is in such this is why my soul's in such pain because because I'm really trying so hard to feel that what I have, that I'm fortunate, that I have a fortune over things that are really just bringing me a lot of sadness and that are giving my soul absolute anguish. Sometimes we read stories of tzaddikim, and we're, on the one hand, we're very moved by them, and on the other hand, we're very depressed by it, because we say to ourselves, we can never be like that guy that's 
all he had to eat on a Shabbos night, Friday night, was like a half a piece of gefilte fish, but he felt like he had everything. Like I was learning over Shabbos, and it was last night, I was learning a story of a, a tzaddik named, uh, I think his name was Reb Baruch Galant from Bedichev. And all he had to afford, all he had was, he was so poor, but all he had were, were potatoes for Friday night dinner. And his children asked him, he said, Abba, I don't understand. What Where are all the answers to your tefillahs? You daven and daven and daven for hours and hours, and this is how Hashem repays you with only having some potatoes for the Leil, for, for Leil Shabbos? So he said, my son, you don't understand. The fact that I can daven for hours and hours and hours is itself Hashem answering me, is giving me something. So, okay, that's a very high, high level. It's a very beautiful level. That is a person that's not confused at all. But I, I guarantee all of us, that person had much more menucha sanefesh than, than most of us can have. And his simcha was definitely sincere. Now, what happens to you and I when we read a story like that? We get depressed. Or we just block it out and say, this is, uh, I'm done with this. Back to the Wall Street Journal. Why? Because there's not, there's not a lot I can do with the story like that because I don't have an aspiration to just have potatoes and see how much besimcha I could be over it. But what do I have? I do have a, a drive, I have a ratzam to make sure that I'm not spending my life running after things that be'emas are giving my soul anguish. Chazal say, mar ben nechassim, mar de'aga. The more um, nechassim, it kind of means like property, but the more things that you own, right? Then, okay, on the one hand, what a fortune, but on the other hand, there's a price that, that comes with it. There's more worry that you have. The less you have you, you own, the, more, the less worry you have, and the more that you really do have a fortune. And what's the fortune? Of being connected to what matters in life, and that's our connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and making sure that we're in constant communication and in touch with the reason we, for which we were sent down into this world. So this is where the Rebbe is coming from, and he's saying, he's just looking at the world, and he's saying, I see so many people that are go-getters, and they're very efficient, and they're working very hard, but really in the, in the, in the heart of what's going on, it seems that most of the things that they're running after are the, the happiness it'll bring them is all made up. It's all made up. It's not really going to bring anyone happiness. So he, the, the third from the bottom line of the second paragraph, Lama lo tachusu al asher yazuvu Why don't you have rachmanis on your souls which will eventually end up being being shown up as as false imagination as fantasy. ruach. He's saying over here. How'd you all lose your minds, that you've chosen to dwell in these imaginary places? Armonot ruach. It's like palaces of wind, like you know castles that just a, a wave comes, like when you build a castle on the sand, and then a wave comes and just chucks your castle you just built into nothing. You're saying that's what people are getting stuck in. Honot shonot shel chomer o kavod, different, different um, fortunes of honor or of chomer of materialism. Ulaabed kol chayechem betikva, but to really lose your whole life, um, 
with false hopes, false simcha, ve'etzev ve'chalom. You're basically just checking out your life with all the things. Your whole existence is just one big fantasy. Because if a person is what he hopes for, if a person is defined by what he aspires for, but what he aspires for is a fantasy, you are a fantasy. You yourself are just a fantasy. Your existence is a mere fantasy. Okay, let's continue. Lama zeit chametz levavchem al chenchem, asher imachem elei kever lo yuval. Why you become sour in your hearts over your possessions, that which you got, that which you didn't get, which won't even be dra- dra- dragged to you till your grave. You know that famous story about Rothschild and the sock? His socks where he left a will that he... Baron Rothschild left a will, I think, or was it... No, it was one of the Reichmans. One of the Reichmans, the famous Reichman family in Canada. Where one of the one of the Gvirim in the family had left a, a tzava, left a will, that he wanted to be buried in his socks. That's the only thing he he, he demanded. Chevra Kadisha came and said, "Sorry, we, you can't do that. It doesn't doesn't work. When you get buried, according to Allah, you you don't get buried with any of your possessions, any of your clothing. nothing. Only if God forbid you were killed, and on your possession was some of your blood. Like I once saw." In a, after a pigua, that someone was buried, and I saw that they had a bag with tzitzis covered in blood, and since the tzitz, since blood is part of the body, is part of the nefesh, that was buried with the person. The point with the story with Reichman was afterwards is that he left a letter for his family, that said that you see, I just wanted to show you, with all the money in the world that we have, you can't even be buried with your own socks. Um, unfortunately, that story never happened. It's it's. I found out afterwards, but it's definitely a great mushal. It's a great Hasidic tale, but I'm friendly with some of the Rachman family, and they told me it actually never happened, but it's a great myth. It's a, it's a great tale. Anyway, so the Rebbe is saying, why are, you, why are you being sour over what you have achieved or not achieved, where really you're not going to have anything that's going to come with you to the grave? Second line, in the, in the, in the second to bottom paragraph, Fa'al mesos honchem, the happiness over your so-called fortune, you're going, this is crazy. You're going to be put up on a uh, and eaten up on a table by by rats. Basically, that that's that that's what you should envision. Melech balahot That's like a, the malach is going to come and just. Have a have a field trip with you when he sees oh, this is what this person was working so hard for his whole life. Zulotechem behonchem yit ales. Now zulotechem means the next generation. In your own hon, in your own fortune, they will have pleasure. Meaning you're leaving for the next generation a false sense of fortune as well, and you're leaving for them also. A world of dimyonot, of imagination and fantasies. Gam bechayechem. Also while you're alive, zulat dimyonotechem meuma einlachem. And even while you're alive, aside from your fantasies, you have nothing. Meuma einlachem. Veigva habodeh veloi shaer hon. And the person who's fantasizing will eventually drop dead. Veloi shaer hon. And no fortune will be left. 
and the, the this whole fantasy will will just meet potsets will just dissolve and then you realize you're stuck with nothing. I have a friend who's going through quite some time of many years of uh, financial prob- stress and, and problems and he's a wonderful, beautiful family. And um, the table should, should turn for them Granted, there'd be much more less less stress, but we always speak about the concept of like the perception that the children in the house may have if they're unaware of any financial stress when they see how rich the parents feel by the mere fact that they have these children. That is not fantasy. That's real. The fantasy is is that if I had all the money that I needed without worrying, that that would make me feel more rich than this. That's sheker. It might relieve you from financial stress, but the feeling of being rich is what we're talking about. The feeling of having a fortune is what we're speaking about. There's a famous teaching where it says that the Torah says that Esav, what did he get? He got har seir. Esav was granted a tremendous portion of real estate. And then Yaakov Abinu, it says, uh, he went down to Egypt with his sons. So the Mepharshim is saying, like, really? That's fair? Esau gets this massive real estate after they met? And Yaakov has to go down to Egypt eventually and even, like, even, it was supposed to be in chains? So Reb Shlomo said, he said, you don't understand. If you ask Esau, are you rich? Esau says, are you kidding me? Look at the real estate that I have. You ask Yaakov Avinu, are you rich? He's like, are you kidding me? Look at the real estate I have, these 13 children that I have, the, tw- the 12, 12 sons and one daughter. What's your fortune? What's your approach to fortune? I know this is like one of the most simple things that people speak about in terms of working on yourself, the chule, but it doesn't get old. It doesn't get old for the person that has a lot of money, and it doesn't get old for the person that doesn't have a lot of money. So this, in, that, in that regard, we're both in the same boat, all of us. Okay. Now, what's going to happen to you the second that you pass away from this world and you leave your body? Where are you going to, where's your soul going to run to? Temaher el hahon asher hurgila. All you know of is what you, what you perceived as uh, success in this world. So what, do you, what, is he, what is he saying the Neshama is going to end up doing? The Neshama is going to be running to what it knows to be as successful. And what's that? The so-called fortune of fantasy that you built up in this world. And then it's going to have nowhere to go to. Because it realizes that that which it thought it was real in the next world, end of there's no such thing as illusions. You know, in the Bilvavi Mishkan Evna we learned... We learned a few years ago uh, a common theme that he had that basically Olam Haba and Olam Hazer are the same exact thing. It's a shaila of what you attribute to it. So while you're in this world, if you attribute to Olam Haba the place where, I don't know, you have a, let's say, 
that Olam Abba is the place, I'm trying to think of it in a, better, in a, in a really clear way. He, the point over there of Sari was that if in this world, being close to Hashem is the only thing that matters to me, then in the next world I will feel that. If in this world I say, this world is not about the closeness to Hashem, I just got to get through it, and in the next world, that's where things happen, the beloved says, I'm sorry, it doesn't work like that. When you get to the next world, you're going to feel the closeness to the extent of how you viewed it in this world too. It's a very important nikuda. We don't leave things for just, you know, when after Admeava Esrim. It's now. So he says over here on the bottom, like, your, your, your being, your real you is going to freak out when it realizes it steps out of its body. Now where does it go to? He only felt at home with so-called fa- fantasies and for- of fortune. So where's it going to go? Venir ta'at, and it freaks out. Ve'el cheshek, next page. Ve'el cheshek, um, we could just go to the top of the page. Ve'el cheshek kol chayea, v'soledet l'achareya. Ha'im v'imitilei kesef, Afar Adama, Ole Nayarot Bluim, Elu he crafted Kol Nafshi. He's saying, Did I, did I, you start to realize, did I sacrifice my life for uh, pieces of metal, Metile Kesev, or Afar Adama, like buildings, or to Nayarot Bluim, that's like uh, printed pieces of paper, cash. Is this what I sacrificed my life for? Val avnei gear kavod vedimion ruach. Is this really what I, like, empty, emptiness, sarafti et nishmati? I burned my soul for this? Hoi, chayai, chayai, oh, my life, my life, the Rebbe says. Ech shikartich behon va'ayn. How did I deceive you and lie to you with this so called fortune of nothingness? And how did I imagine you to actually give me shades, uh, in compounds of shade, which really provided me with no shade at all? Where, where do I go to from here? This is like the moment that you're not in your body anymore. I mean, he's saying, he's imagining what happens to you, to your neshama, you know, the moment you're not here. And I've seen this common theme recently by some biographies that I've been reading about. The, the Breslaver Hasidim from the past generation, meaning the, one, the, the ones that passed away towards the end of the 20th century, these guys were giants. We're planning a whole course on them for next year. Some of these guys were pusher giants. And one of the things, one of the common themes that all of them, all their wives said about them at their funerals was this is the day you were waiting for. Meaning you, were, you lived your life waiting for the day of being in Olam Ha'emet. And you lived your lives, this is what they would say at the funerals, you lived your lives as people who were very, very conscious and aware that the only truth is what you can take with you to the next world. Chazak me'od. So the Rebbe is pausing here and he's saying, oh my God, my life, my life. Now, this is the Piyasetz Rebbe speaking now to himself. First, he was giving critique to others, right? Look at all you guys. And he's saying, oh, my life, my life, how did I fool you? 
how did I how did I deceive you? Where am I gonna go now? Like what what affiliation do I have with anything now? I don't I don't feel comfortable or at home with anything because I wasn't prepared for any of this. What do I think that here I do whatever I do and then I get to the next world and it's a whole new world and everything's different? The lokacha. Where am I going to go to? And where am I going to find anything now? Mm-hmm. There, up there, in the higher world. I never immersed myself in the only thing that really exists in the next world, which is the Mitziyut of Hashem. That's not a place that I ever fully immersed myself in. But yet in this world, where all of my mitziyut, all of my reality, and it's where I placed all my hopes, this place that I felt most comfortable with, doesn't exist. There's no reality. It was all false smoke and nothing. And now the Rebbe says two words, wow. Two words that we feel much more close to repeating in the month of Elul, but it's 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 great to say this now in Sivan too. Bagaditi B. I cheated myself. Bagaditi B. I cheated myself. Ve'et atzmi rimiti. I fooled myself. Ve'ingam ataba sheker emtza. Am I going to find myself now in sheker? Ubishol tachtit yashlicheni. And you will throw me into the lowest place in the world. Meaning, that place, it says, if I forget where, by, um, maybe in Slonim it says, it, it really, in, in, the, in the higher world, it's only Gan Eden. Really? A Russia goes to Gan Eden? So he says, yeah, because for a Russia, Gan Eden is like Gehenna. Right? <laughs> for someone that has no affiliation with the place and feels completely estranged and doesn't feel at, at home at all, being surrounded with holiness, for that kind of a person, the next world is mamish mamish like Gehenom. Gan Eden is like Gehenom. Ana ifna, ana ifne Where do I go to from here? Is there anywhere I can go to from here? So now, he regroups. Now he regroups and he says, Avi umeori, my father and my light. It's like what the Rebbe did here was he took us on this trip, on this journey of let's now, let's now all imagine that we're we're about to take off. Let's go through the heart and soul of a Yid as he's, as he's really exposed to the Emes. We're jumping time to after Mav Esrim. Now come back. Oh my God. Thank God. Now I'm still here in this world and I still have a chance to prepare myself for the Olam HaEmet. Aviu Meori, my father and my light. Atakol Honi, you're my whole fortune. There's nothing else. Atakol Honi. Vit Karvuti Elecha Tikvat Kol Being close to you is the only hope of my life. Now it's true, he says. Hen Gambitzorche Gufiani Mishtadel. He's not saying completely abandon all physical functions and all physical needs. He's saying, no, no, no. Work, make sure there's parnasa. Don't rely on just having potatoes. Meaning, you go to the doctor when you don't feel good, or, or maybe you don't if you're a best friend, whatever it is, but all the things that you have to take care of on a physical level. But I don't confuse 
my physical needs with my concept of fortune. That's the point, I think. He says, I'm trying to take care of my physical being. But this is not my fortune. This is not the flow of my matara. This is not my goal in this world. There are those that, that, that feel that um, I'll find a fortune in this thing or in that thing. And it's, this is an aspiration that has nothing to do with getting close to you. I'll feel sick in my stomach. My heart will feel sick. My, my kidneys will fall over. And this bitter voice is screaming in my midst. I can feel it in my bones. A life in, 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 of, of pollution. And a life of eternity living in rut. Why do I need this for? So the Rebbe is going back now and saying, Okay, I just realized that you're my only real fortune. And now he's going inside and saying, Wait a second. Hashem is Barach. Am I the person that I've been describing until now? Could it be that this is me? Could it be that I'm the person that in moments of clarity I'm so easily able to describe as so distanced and so far away from what really matters in this world? Could that be me? However, I want to tell you, it's moments like this that the Pia Setzner becomes our Rebbe in such a beautiful way, in such a real way, because this is the problem that so many of us have. Could it be that that person that I know is so detached from anything real and lives in a fantasy, I see myself now? I see myself in that? Third line from the bottom. If your servant has found favor in your eyes, and a precious pearl from the throne of your glory is shining when you look at me, this is the greatest simcha I could ever imagine for. Really? This is all I've longed for. What more can I ask for? If only the glory of my father and my king, I have found the passion of my life deep within my midst. So what is the Rebbe saying here? That you and I, if we could envision for a second, this is a very good visualization to do, if you were able to close your eyes and so to speak, imagine for a second, that you're getting a glimpse of God's field of vision. Zotomeret. For a second, you were able, this is all like, like hypothetically speaking, for a second you were able to see what Hashem sees when He looks at you. And for this moment, when you do this practice, this exercise, what you're able to see is that Hashem sees a beautiful, precious jewel that was taken from his throne of glory when he looks at you. At that moment, 
that would be the greatest fortune you could have ever imagined. The simcha of your life would know no end. There'd be not, there's nothing more beautiful and precious than that. So most of us aren't able to, to do that because we're, we, we're never certain. We'll, we'll probably always doubt that. You know, even if we do that kind of exercise, probably always doubt it. That's, what, that's what's actually happening. This is what God sees when He looks at me. So we used to have Rebbes that when they looked at us, we knew they're able to see the pearl from God's throne. Now we have much less of that. We do still have Rebbes, but we don't have it like we used to have. So now what we have to do is be like friend Rebbes to each other and look at each other as if, you know, this is what we see. That we see pearls coming from the throne of Hashem when we look at other people. Now the Rebbe takes a step back from this visualization and he says, okay, Hen ira anidismach. Wait a second, I'm a little bit hesitant to get too happy. Maybe this is not real. Maybe this is not really what Hashem sees when He looks at me. Or maybe there's a little bit, there's this inkling of of anochiyut, of, of selfishness in this simcha of realizing this is what Hashem sees. And maybe, God forbid, and maybe the love, my, the love, my love, my love has for me, he'll, he'll say, I'm done with this. This is not, uh, this is not real. This is not what I wanted. And again, in this like moment of, of just um, being sick of, of, of this kind of relationship, Hashem will leave me. God forbid. He ends off like a stubborn yeke over here. And he says, you know what? Even if that's true, even if there's a moment that when I look into the simcha of what makes me happy, and I realize there's a lot of selfishness here, because what makes me happy is I'm so happy that you love me, God, or that you think that I'm a gewalt, I'm okay. You know why? Because I'm stubborn now. I'm going to keep, my heart's going to keep on becoming wider and wider. My love will know no boundaries. And my avoda to you, Hashem, will strengthen itself with simcha. You know, this, this is mamish, a journey, a roller coaster the Rebbe's taking us on. It's a beautiful exposure into the Rebbe's inner thoughts of, of how he views the whole world of avodat Hashem, but being being so real and so in tune and in touch with what's happening to him inside. So we're going to pause here and Bezrat Hashem continue exactly from here tomorrow. I'm looking forward to continuing learning. Bezrat Hashem, it should be a strong week. And tonight we have uh, Rabbi Nachman Shir. All right, looking forward, Chavra. Have a wonderful day.